Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Hello, everyone. This is Rosie Tran, and welcome to Stupid Sexy Privacy, a Weibo.tv special report sponsored by our friends at DuckDuckGo. You may have heard my voice at the end of every episode on Weibo.tv. I'm the one asking you to leave a review. Which, by the way, I hope you've done, right? You've left us a review? Okay, great. Unless you're lying. <clears throat> well, I'm a lot more than a voice. I'm also Weibo.tv's intrepid reporter, and over the course of this miniseries, I'm going to share with you short, actionable tips you can use to protect your privacy. These tips were sourced by our fearless leader, he really hates when we call him that, BJ Mendelson. BJ, for those of you who may not know, is the author of the book Privacy and How We Get It Back, a book that was published in the before times. This means before COVID. BJ is currently writing a sequel called How to Protect Yourself from Fascists and Weirdos. So everything we're going to hear in this miniseries is the most up-to-date information he's researched, bringing us into 2023 and beyond. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the season one recap episode for Stupid Sexy Privacy. I'm the producer of the show, BJ Mendelson. I'm joined by two of our wonderful hosts. Would you like to take a moment to say hello? Sure. I'm Amanda. Uh, You've heard me on a couple of the episodes about um, women and reproductive health and dating with Rosie as well. And um, Rosie is here also. Hey, guys. Um, Actually, first of all, BJ, fearless leader. Not producer. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'll take it. That's the <laughs> I know it's grew, it grew on me. It grew on me. What can I say? And I'm Rosie Tran, comedian and podcaster, and I am also one of the co-hosts of our fun privacy podcast. Thank you both for taking the time. Uh, I, I know we've been away uh, for a little bit. That's that's totally on my end. I had surgery, was not at all prepared for what the recovery was like because I'm an idiot uh, when it comes to stuff like that. Um, so yeah, it. We're, we're back in the saddle. So real quick, I just wanted to touch on some things since we've been away. I'm, I'm going to go through these fairly quickly, but if anyone has questions, you could always send a show uh, an email. Uh, you could always just get in touch with us on a variety of platforms. And that brings us to our first thing. So uh, there was supposed to be an episode that was going to cover trolls, fascists, and weirdos and what to do. But in that time that I've been away and in the time that we've been away, uh, a lot of stuff has happened for the worse. So it's hard to give specific advice and I'll just give you a quick example. And Rosie, Amanda, maybe you've seen this. Uh, there's a journalist, Molly White, who has basically stayed behind on uh, the site formerly known as Twitter. I refuse to call it its new name. Uh, and she was being harassed and someone doxed her and posted her uh, her actual street address. And back in the olden days, pre-fuckface, uh, um, you would have been able to get in touch with customer support, customer support. And yet, I mean, yes, it wasn't it was not at all perfect. Like, But you were able you had some chance of getting in touch with somebody, uh, in particular, if you included the specific part of terms of service that was being violated by that bully. Now that that just doesn't exist. Like it's for that site, you can't do that. Uh, and then on sites like Mastodon, you know, there, there's these other issues of 
you know, DMs are not private, right? So uh, what happens if someone's harassing you and you, you kind of want to uh, coordinate an effort to to deal with that? And so what I wanted to encourage people listening to the show and have been so patient in us between, with, with us between episodes is, is just really to, if you have a particular platform you use, for example, I have primarily started using Instagram, just familiarize, familiarize yourself the best you can. Uh, if the service offers a paid plan like Instagram, now does to verify your account uh it's it's 15 bucks a month it's not cheap and it's you know not something i easily recommend for people on a budget but if you have the money uh for 15 bucks a month on instagram they'll verify your account and more importantly if you're being harassed uh that verification also gives you access to a live customer support agent so again it's 15 bucks but i just want to let everyone know uh any feedback on that thoughts comments Amanda, do you want to go first? Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's more just a bit scary and frustrating to kind of see the devolution of social media platforms that were originally there to create and connect community and to have them become just basically bastions of, of bullying is is a bit um, is a bit scary to see, particularly with the the app formerly known as Twitter. But no, I, I think a lot of it also just comes down to what we've talked about throughout this whole series, right? Which is be very, very aware of the information that you are putting on the internet and control what you can control. Use new photos, do all of those things as well. Use pseudonyms. Don't be afraid to protect yourself as well. Um, and I think that's just even more important when the platforms themselves aren't helping you. Yeah, so I haven't paid for a verification um, BJ on Instagram, but I will say that I have had issues with people on Instagram, legal issues as a public person, not a private um, person using social media and Instagram help. Uh, I did escalate the case and I did also have an attorney because I it was a legitimate legal issue. It wasn't someone harassing me, but they were actually violating my trademark laws because I have trademarks on certain things. And, um, it really depends on who you get, which was really scary. One person was super helpful and was able to remove the person's post that was infringing on my legal trademark rights. And the other Instagram, uh, representative who was helping me was not as knowledgeable and they refused to help me. And once you kind of get your case in the refuse to help me category, it's might as well be in the ether sphere because no one is going to, they're going to consider it not valid, even though I had another claim that was a very similar claim that was legally valid. And again, these people aren't attorneys, they're hired um, customer service representatives, and some of them are in foreign countries and might not have a full grasp of the understanding of law and other things like that. So that's really scary because that was something that I did feel personally violated by. And also I was being legally violated. And so there's really no recourse other than to go outside of Instagram and personally sue the person, which wasn't a financial option for me as far as the return on investment of suing this person over a post. Does that make sense? It, it does. And it sucks, right? Like it, it sucks that this, the, the stuff that we are recommending is, is deeply flawed. Right. Like, cause as you mentioned, Instagram, it's, it's, there's not like, I mean, there is a trust and safety team, but the people that you are going to interact with in a situation like that, you're right. They're, they're probably not prepared for something that, that is a little more nuanced and complicated. And it, it's, it's awful. Um, I wish 
that I had something better to tell people when it came to, you know, protecting yourself now with trolls. I think if you follow the steps that we've laid out on the show, you know, locking your account, uh, pruning your followers, I know all those things take time, but um, those are the, the crappiest but best options that we have. Well, I think it goes back to what Amanda said too, is like be, being mindful of the content that you put out there to begin with, because yes. it can be scrubbed by AI. It can be taken by someone out of context you know, and the scary thing. Um, so I don't want people to be too scared because I do think social media has a wonderful way of keeping people connected and has all sorts of positive values as well. But I mean, with some of the deep fakes, someone can take a picture of your head and put it on a pornographic image or something like that. And they look pretty darn accurate. So that's kind of creepy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we, we touched, we did our best, uh, Amanda, you did a fantastic job in, in the bonus episode talking about, uh, our upcoming future of having things scraped without the permission. I know open AI, the morning that we recorded this put out, uh, the first of what will hopefully be, uh, future tools to prevent that content scraping. I, I think it's just right now something that you update for robots.txt. Uh, Amanda is nodding. She is the SEO expert. I defer to her on all things, so maybe I'll shut up real quick if you want. <laughs> oh, oh no. I mean, that that is the furthest that I have heard so far that that, that you can use the robots.txt and disallow their crawler. That's about it that I've heard at least. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, please, you know, like we said, with the admin tools that are out there, just um, I know it's like a full time job just to keep up with life in general in the 2020s. But, um, you know, do take the time to to look and keep an eye out on these things as they come out. So uh, hopefully the issues like deepfakes and the content scraping can uh, can get addressed. And I know we mentioned this on multiple episodes, especially you, BJ, talking about keeping things offline. But if you really value your privacy, honestly, stay off the internet with your data. I mean, that goes with the password notebook yeah. that we talked about. That goes with, you know, meeting people in person and things like that. People forget that there's actually a real world out there that is not online. <laughs> That's right. It's true. It's very... And that uh, is like the most yeah. secure you can be is just being a person in the real world. <laughs> and, yes. and I think um, one thing that I, I, I can't remember, BJ, whether it was one of your interviewees or something you said, um, but one thing that always sticks with me and as just a really solid reminder is that the cloud is just other people's computers. Yes. And that's, that's always something good to remember. Yeah. Uh, that was Matthew Green. I think that, uh, in that episode, it was, I, I, yeah. The fact that we're still in 2023 going into 2024 and people still don't understand what the cloud is and how it works. Uh, it, it shouldn't surprise us at this point, but it, you know, it's still something that, you know, we don't take the time to look into this stuff and we just kind of assume it's safe because Apple is telling us now that their phones are safe and all of their commercials. And so we kind of get lulled into a sense of uh, passivity and not looking into these things. And uh, it bites us in the ass. Rosie, you look like you want to, Oh, no, I was listening. I was just saying, I think it's just really important to um, use that, use the internet for what it's, you know, for, you know, nonprofit stuff like Signal or DuckDuckGo, like you've talked about before, where the intent of it is for that privacy versus maybe Google or Instagram or Facebook, where their intention, and I don't necessarily think this is an evil intention, but their intention is to their shareholders. They want to make money. So yes. how do they make money by marketing your data? You know, um, I think there's a phrase, if you're using an app for free and you can't figure out why it's free, it's because you're the product. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's spot on. And I think it's increasingly true uh, as well. 
Uh, real quick, I just wanted to roll on with a couple of the other quick things I wanted to touch on. Um, so the email-based courses uh, are coming. That's something that uh, we were I was going to work on with Amanda, uh, and then it got thrown off with the surgery. So that's that's going to come towards the um, probably early September, uh, mid, mid to late September at the latest. So keep an eye out for that for those of you who are interested. Um, I got laid off way back in April. And the only reason why I mentioned that is because it, it, that was the reason I couldn't do the privacy audits. Um, but now I'm available to do them. So for people who would prefer not to do the course or not to have their questions answered, which you can do for free and email us, um, I'm also going to be available to do the privacy audits. Just get in touch with the show. Uh, real quick, the last two points I had was a couple of people wrote in about uh, our choice of antivirus that we recommended earlier in the show uh, because there's an extra step involved with installing it. You know, it helps if you know a bare minimum amount of code to do it if you're more comfortable with using Linux, for example. So for people looking for a paid option uh, for antivirus, I definitely recommend Bitdefender. Uh, they've been very good. I have it for my entire family now. This is not paid. Uh, this is not a promotional thing. It's just the best reviewed and uh, the thing I personally use. So I, I figure if I personally use it, then uh, that's what I'll recommend to you. I'm a Facebook hipster. I then deleted my Facebook account and then re-upped it in 2005 and have not been able to get off the stupid thing since. So, so why can't you get off? So what, what are your... <laughs> You guys. <laughs> the award-winning Smashing Security Podcast, hosted by Graham Cluley and Carol Terrio each week. It takes an irreverent look at cybersecurity and online privacy, helping you find out what's happening with your data. Find it in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all good podcast apps, or at smashingsecurity.com. It's not all filth. that are even though to us a lot of the tips seem really basic they are actually a bit complex and I think that there's other basic tips too just for people that may not be into podcasting but might have older family members that have had security issues because I know my mom has a lot of security issues all the time and so I think it's really important to address that too and just talk about that really quickly if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's important to point out that the baby boomers are in particularly vulnerable. I mean, my dad was a victim of a data breach this morning. Yeah, um, extremely you know, and vulnerable. He, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where I, I don't want to be like, take action and reach out to your local legislation. But uh, th that is one of the options that we have right now to better enforce. And the Biden administration has done uh, on this front a particularly good job in saying, you know, if you're a company that is publicly traded, you need to shore up your cyber defenses. So um, it's unfortunate that it happens so much and that we don't offer the protections that we should to customers. Uh, and then you're right, there's an entire vulnerable population of people that um, often don't know how these things work and don't want to know or don't usually need to know and they're getting victimized. And it's it's something that, again, you, you have to, you know, take the time to look into these things. You can look into the new symbol that's going to be coming out uh, from, I, I don't know the, de the department, but again, something from the Biden administration where um, internet connected devices are now going to have a seal on them. 
that are going to say, you know, this is this is legit. We verify that it meets security standards. So uh, there are things coming to better protect, you know, the boomers and people that aren't necessarily uh, tech savvy. But, you know, and at the same time, it's also on us to to kind of get the word out. So, Rosie, I think you're absolutely right. Yeah. It's, My it's, mom was a victim, too, and it was really sad. Yeah. So luckily, she wasn't fleeced for too much, but she was um, fleeced. Uh, of seven hundred dollars, which was not cool. Oh wow! Yeah, no, it's not cool. I mean, look, every Rosie um, is the one that taught me about money, uh, so you know better than three of us on the show that every dollar counts, right? So seven hundred bucks is seven hundred bucks. Yeah, it was really sad too, especially since um, her son-in-law, my husband, is a IT and cybersecurity expert, and I have a security podcast. So I was like, Mom, no. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but yeah, she actually had, um, it was one of those like phishing scam things where she clicked on it and then like a pop-up came up and the person was able to get her phone number and called her and they're like, oh, we're with, you know, antivirus and you need to update your thing and we just need your banking information to update it. In her mind, she was like, well, I didn't, I know you guys always help me with computer stuff, but I didn't want to bother you. And yes. yeah, so she ended up giving her banking information to this guy and he took $700 from her checking account. So that was very sad. Um, and so it can happen to anyone. And she's a very intelligent woman. She was a immigration paralegal for many years and had her own business and things like that. But, you know, she's not that tech savvy. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I think sometimes when, when people listen to shows like this and they think the tips might be reductive or, or simplistic, you know, uh, if you're overconfident, that's when you're most vulnerable. Uh, and so, you know, there, there's a saying in the cybersecurity industry and, and, and in a lot of different security industries that if you think you can't be hacked, you know, you're going to basically gonna get hacked. Yeah. Um, so it, ha- it can happen to all of us. Yeah. And, and I think for me, the the kind of first thing that I do, right, if I feel like I'm getting fished or if something suspicious happens after I click an email, like if someone calls me off the back of that or is like, oh, hey, what's your phone number? the easiest thing to do is get the contact details from the authoritative website of that credit card company of your bank or whatever, and then call them back and be like, Hey, is this you? Um, I feel like that's the, the most straightforward thing. And the thing that may resonate the most with, um, an aging population like the boomers, right. Is like, don't, don't trust people. Like, just I know, call it's the so number sad. on the back of the thing. Like, it's, it's sad, but like, it is also like, call the number on the back of your card. Like, don't give your number out to someone to call you. Like, you're their customer. They should have your details. Like, that, those kinds of, like you said, very kind of straightforward things, but sometimes they get lost on the internet because it's, it's an, it's a new platform, right? I also wanted to, to mention that my mom is a very intelligent person because I think a lot of times, um, older people that get um, hacked or have different security issues are embarrassed because they're like, oh, yes. well, I am a smart person or I was an engineer. I should know better. And that's not the case. This is a new technology. So um, I think that's the number one reason that people do um, get scammed actually is because they're embarrassed that they don't know better or they feel um, scared to maybe ask a younger relative about it. And so that's something that is a known flag for older generation is like the embarrassment of, oh, I don't know this. And not just older generations, also corporations. You know, um, think about the Microsoft security breach uh, involving you know, their contracts with the with the government. And, you know, you figure Microsoft of all companies would be on top of something like this. So uh, oftentimes, you know, th- there's corporate executives or d- people on the corporate side who might 
be embarrassed to to say, hey, there was a breach, which is why we have some of these uh, data leaks that we do. I, I just want to mention real quick, has anyone gotten a call uh, with someone that's that's using a synthesized voice? I haven't received that, but I have been getting a lot more spam on my cell phone, which has never happened. I've had a cell phone for 20 years. No, same. I, I haven't gotten a synthesized voice, but I have gotten a lot more spam calls. And my numbers are Australian. And um, as we've talked about, Australia has had two major data breaches in the last 12 months, um, one of which was at a company I used to work for. So um, yeah, my, my data is fully compromised in BJ, in what's with the spam calls? <laughs> Do you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, it, What's happening now is there's a lot of money to be made um, in SMS because the, com- the corporations and the criminals, which you know sometimes are one and same, right? Uh, they figured out that SMS is still a fast and reliable way uh, to reach anyone on the planet without an algorithm or some other kind of uh, BS. So that's that's just what's happening, you know, because Twitter is becoming less and less of a thing. Uh, and you could argue, you know, Facebook has been losing members in the United States anyway uh, for a long time now. So it's just a reliable channel that uh, we need the FCC to get involved and, you know, put a price or put a toll in for each spam call that's sent, even if it's like less than a penny, that could still stop millions of these from going through. Yeah, I get a lot of spam text messages, too, that are like, oh, your benefits are going to expire. Click on this link or, oh, your um, this is like the Social Security Administration. We need to confirm something. Click on this link or whatever. Yeah. I'll get the ones that are like, oh, your your package is stuck in customs. You need to pay us oh, money. No. Like I get that one. I've yeah. never heard that one. It's like I'm yeah, or it's like, oh, your here's your package tracking link. Maybe I'm more of a an online shopper. <laughs> <laughs> the scary thing though is that a lot of companies actually do use text messaging notifications though. So that's yes. why it's confusing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a gr- actually a growing channel because I think people forget that there's still uh, billions of people around the planet who aren't properly connected to the internet, and one of the things that all of them have is SMS. So just from a global perspective, you know, it's it's easier and more cost effective for a criminal to just bombard people with SMS and is to set up bots and and troll farms on on places like Twitter. Okay. Criminals watching this, just don't be a jerk. (laughs) (laughs) Or listening to this, sorry. And people that are good people, like, be careful. (laughs) I think that's like the gist of the podcast. It's like, be careful. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a good segue. Yeah, Yeah. I was going to say, I could probably be a little bit more specific there, Rosie. Um, I think generally... um, the the major takeaways from our podcast, right? And and what we've kind of been trying to tell everyone in a bunch of different ways is essentially that you want to be analog and local wherever you can. You want to be able to have the thing in your possession, whether that is an external hard drive or your your password notebook or whatever it may be. You want to be able to take the thing and be like, this is my thing. If I want to burn it, I can. Um, Like if I want to fully erase it from the earth, it's entirely possible. Uh, And then if there isn't that, if you can't do that for whatever reason, right, you want to obscure your data and yourself as much as possible using VPNs, really strong passwords and additional security layers like uh, YubiKeys and, you know, just being really um, aware as, as we said earlier, as I said earlier, is just being really aware of what it is that you, you put out there into the world and assuming that 
none of it is private anymore, even if it is in private Facebook messages or whatever it may be, that it's not actually going to be. Correct. You mentioned the VPN. Did we talk about the TikTok ban and that VPN sub um, section in that law that was like super scary? We did not. Are you guys aware of this? Do you want to tell us? I mean, people listening might be hearing it for the first time. Yeah. So I don't know what happened to it. It was a few months ago, but there was an alleged TikTok ban being floated around as a law. Do you guys remember this at all? Yes. Yes. But there was a really scary provision in there that was basically banning the use of VPNs in the United States and saying that if you used a VPN, that you could be tried as a felon. It was insane. So I hope it died, but I don't know what happened to it. I just remember reading that provision and being like, what's happening? Well, I'm glad you mentioned it because one of the things that's happening both in the United Kingdom and the United States is under the guise of protecting children, which is always how um, fascists like to propagate their rules and agenda. Uh, They're looking at rolling back things like encrypted services in UK, like Signal. You you wouldn't be able to properly use Signal uh, under the UK law if it's passed in in the United States. Uh, Like I mentioned, uh, under the guise of protecting children, we we do have that same discussion going on here. And that includes things like whether or not we ban TikTok or whether or not we limit access to VPN. So uh, yeah, it is a little scary. Uh, the, the, I mean, I, I tried to steer away from politics as much as I could on the show. It was hard in this episode, right? Um, the argument, I think, was that because TikTok is, China is spying on us through TikTok, that if you use a VPN, yes. you're like a terrorist or something. So, <laughs> Right, which, by the way, like that, that's that's the same shit that Bush tried to do years ago. Like it's the same, it's the same playbook. Yeah. Uh, TikTok is no less dangerous than all the other data breaches and leaks. Like if China wanted to know something about you, there is so much data on you right now that they can easily purchase from all of the data brokers that Amanda was nice enough to compile into a list um, that you don't really have to be worried about TikTok. Anyway, that um, was the argument. Okay, so, and then the argument was that if you are a United States citizen in an alleged free country and you use a VPN, you could be tried uh, as a, a, a for a felony, which is insane. Yeah, well, Amanda, I sent you the story the other day uh, about data. Do you want to talk about that real quick? This is Rosie Tran from Rosie and BJ Save the World, a podcast asking big questions and discussing how to solve these big issues. This is a podcast for people just like you who ask, has the war on drugs been successful? Do we need universal basic income? Should we legalize sex work? Go to rosieandbjsavetheworld.com to get more confused. Yeah, sure. So I, like you, Brandon, I didn't get a chance to read the full article, but this was a continuation of a discussion that I was having with the um, with Jen Coltrider from the Mozilla Foundation around um, basically the fact that because it hadn't been tested yet as a law in terms of enforcing Roe v. Wade, right? There was no, uh, sorry, enforcing the the removal of Roe v. Wade and all of the kind of heartbeat bills that were coming up in its stead. Uh, There was no test yet for social media like Facebook as to how they would react, whether or not they would just give uh, data over to uh, the police. And this recent headline was that a young teen and her mom's private Facebook conversation was used as evidence 
to uh, in court around bringing her to a court around getting an abortion. And it was, it's just terrifying because like we said, like you have to assume that nothing that you have on any of your profiles on the internet is, is private. That story has handmade handmaid's tale vibes. Absolutely. And yeah. it's it's one of those things as well where even if you go through all of the like the most extreme steps that you can in terms of, you know, having some random giving them, you know, 200 bucks in cash to go buy a Chromebook or to go buy a a, a dumb phone or whatever it may be, there's still every possibility that 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 could be used against you somehow. And it's, uh, yeah, it's scary. Yeah. I, you know, I saw someone describe the 2020s as a, as a never ending cascade of disasters. Uh, so I know it, it could be really easy to see, you know, when we talk about things like this, to, to get frustrated, but I, I, you know, I encourage people, uh, men in particular who sit on the sidelines and think that, oh, this is a women's issue and I don't have to get involved, uh, get up off the couch and get involved and make sure you vote and make sure you're organized and uh, joining your union and doing all the things you should do because this is, I mean, like if you let the, what's happening now continue, it will only get worse. It's like when someone is sick and they don't take care of themselves uh, and they have no concept of how bad it'll be because, you know, they just aren't thinking that's long term. But, uh, yeah, we we need to get fit again. And that means people getting involved and participating. How's that for me being kind of vague without getting too political? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were, talking on both sides of my mouth. <laughs> that's funny. What were the other two issues you wanted to bring up? No, uh, th those were those were the Amanda, Was there anything else from the recap that we didn't touch on? Um, I, I think maybe the only other thing is the acknowledgement that smart technology and things that are tracking you extend beyond your phone and your laptop, that it's your TV, that it's anything that has a microchip in it that includes potentially your smart um, air fryer or your humidifier or your car those are all things anything that anything that had delayed production over covid because there wasn't chips available and this may be cutting out because rosie is frozen so if it or no rosie isn't frozen rosie is just quiet um rosie is just still um but no just the, the acknowledgement and the reminder that technology and things that are tracking you is well beyond the standard thought of laptop and phone. Yeah, the cars, the cars issue in particular is going to be huge uh, in the coming years. Uh, it looks like the current Department of Transportation isn't taking much action yet, but they are starting to look into what's going on with uh, what data is being collected by your car and who that's being sent to. Uh, and more importantly, who that's being sold to. Well, and the... I'm not sure if this was a dystopian movie premise that I saw or oh, an no. actual news article. Um, I see those all the but time. I swear, <laughs> I swear there was something that was a subscription based model for um, airbags in your car. Oh, I didn't see this. I, it could have been like dystopian, uh, um, dystopian <laughs> movie presence but or a tesla product announcement or a tesla product announcement but like there are so many things now that are subscription based in your car certain features right it's not necessarily just you pay a premium price when you buy the car for the premium feature it is then an ongoing subscription 
So there's that side of it as well. Yeah, it's it's that move uh, on the part of tech companies and companies that are acting like tech companies in the case of the car companies, they get that sweet, sweet monthly recurring revenue. Yeah, that's which makes total sense. You know, I understand it from the business side, but uh, everyone's going to move towards subscription and if they can. And that's that's what we see happening. Uh, Rosie, do you have anything? I don't have anything else. Um, Amanda, Rosie, do you have anything else that we didn't touch on, should touch on? Yeah, I just wanted to bring up the boomer thing because my mom was sure, a victim yeah. of um, fraud. And I know that we probably the people we're catering to are not or catering to are not her generation. So if anyone's listening and has elderly or older parents that might be victim to those things to talk to them about it, it's really important. And yeah. I, it, you know, Oh, sorry. Sorry. I just want to mention real quick in, in about 10 years, uh, it's projected that, you know, the median age for most Americans is going to increase. Uh, the baby boomers on average will be about 80 years old. So I just wanted, you know, I, I just wanted to give people an idea, like especially us millennials and Gen Xers and that th there is this, crisis coming in terms of healthcare and managing of the baby boomers as they reach their elder years. And this is a big part of it. And healthcare data is so important. And that's something that's scraped and used against people and can be used against people for insurance purposes, which it should be yes. unethical and illegal, which is unethical and should be illegal. Um, because that is someone's health history and it should be confidential between them and their doctor and not between them and a media company or, a you know, Twitter or whatever. And, and beyond that, or in addition to that as well, is right that HIPAA doesn't protect you from third-party like data providers, right? So any yes. apps or anything that you put any health data in, even if it's the one like your doctor is like, oh, use this, like it'll help us schedule or whatever. It's not, it's not HIPAA regulated. It's not protected. Um, so there's that. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah. it's terrifying. I think it's I mean, important to be really mindful of it, especially telehealth became really um, significant during COVID. And a lot of yes. people need telehealth appointments due to underlying um, illnesses and other conditions. So I think that this data, um, I know BJ, you talked about trying not to be political, but the, the data and the privacy isn't just about data and privacy. It's about healthcare. It's about right. yes. politics. It's about your community. It's about your information. It's about marketing to you. You know, um, people get have different Instagram feeds based on who they are and what they're looking at, what they're clicking on and things like that. So it's really a significant part of people's lives. And I think if you are a truly private person, you know, as we've said many times, try to spend as much time as you can in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> And I think, I think one last thing for me is it was in one of the later episodes, but I think it was really important to recognize is the recommendation to read nonviolent communication yes. because there will be a lot more points in the very near future where we will be having to have a lot of difficult conversations in relatively public forums, either online or in the real world. If someone is doing something without your consent and, and I think there's, there's that as well, that it is important to recognize that we do want to not be the trolls to the trolls, that we want to try and be better human beings than that. I think that's a great point. I also advise anyone listening who has ever felt the urge to post something negative online, even if you feel like you're helping. I think a lot of people use the internet and trolls and other things as a it's becoming a scary like projection where people project 
their problems onto other people or their concerns or their, um, I've seen it a lot. We see it a lot in comments section, right? Like people will be saying something unrelated and then all of a sudden there's like a political debate in the comment section like what happened here <laughs> so it's like right. i think yeah. i think to be really mindful of um your mental health online is important because there's all sorts of people and sometimes someone leaving a comment or messaging you or doing something they might be a troll trying to get your data but they also might be not a mentally fit person so it's just to be mindful and not take that personal yeah and i you know if people haven't heard uh the interview with kelly carlin uh, which it didn't air initially with the uh, digital detox episodes, but we Andrew was kind enough to to stitch it back to that episode. So uh, she gives a lot of great tips about you know being mindful and managing technology and doing what we can. Uh, the last thing I had on my end was just there was a couple of fans who wrote in uh, who mentioned that they were being stalked and harassed by people uh, by men Yucky. particularly who had. Uh, IT experience, you know, and these men were using uh, their knowledge to, you know, get into their systems and plant software. Uh, if you follow the steps that we've laid out, that that will protect you. But the one I wanted to highlight uh, just is the civil protection order. Uh, that is something that you can do that will, if someone's uh, stalking you and you don't know who they are, that will help you reveal their identity. Uh, it'll also at least um, create a, a paperwork or a body of evidence showing that you're being stalked and harassed and that these things are happening. Uh, and you know, if you're, if you encounter someone that's doing this, uh, get them fired. You know, like if someone is an IT professional and they're stalking and harassing you, uh, that's not cool. It's not okay. It shouldn't be happening. And if you feel that they're using company resources or company time to do that, for example, if they're stalking and harassing you during work hours, um, you you certainly could do that. Yeah, it, it's it's very common. I had there was at least uh, there was at least four people who listened to the show that wrote in that with similar similar stories. Uh, the other thing that you can do is install um, software that we recommended called PF Sense. The only thing is is that the hardware needed uh, to run that is expensive. Uh, so it's, it's difficult to recommend that as an option for everybody, but uh, there is hardware out there available. If you go back to one of our previous episodes uh, that we pointed to, that can also help keep intruders out. That's so scary uh, and sad. Yeah. I mean, look, uh, I think a recurring theme, Rosie, of all of our podcasts is that men suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Down with the patriarchy. Uh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there's definitely cer certainly an element of it. It's unfortunate. Uh, I hope that this show has been helpful for people who might have found themselves in that instance and now have the knowledge to better protect themselves. And um, yeah, so I hope we've contributed in some small way to make that less crappy. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me a part, be part of the podcast. Yeah. Thank, thank you both. Uh, Rosie, you're one of the smartest people I've ever met. So that means your mom is a genius. <laughs> Amanda, you are just as smart to both of you. Uh, that's why I wanted to have you as the, the voices of the show. Thank you so much uh, for taking part and uh, maybe there'll be more in the future. Of course. Yay! Most things people hate about the internet comes from a lack of privacy, like those creepy ads that make you think your phone is listening to you. DuckDuckGo is an all-in-one privacy app that can help you with that. It's your internet browser with private search, tracking blocker, encryption, and even built-in email protection, all for free. Just go to DuckDuckGo.com to learn more. DuckDuckGo, privacy simplified. Thank you for listening to Stupid Sexy Privacy, a Weibo.tv special report. I'm your host, Rosie Tran. 
Today's episode was written by BJ Mendelson, produced by Andrew Van Voris, and sponsored by DuckDuckGo. Due to the overwhelming demand for privacy audits, we want to make a quick announcement before we go. Doing one-on-one privacy audits is super time-consuming. This means BJ has less time to write these episodes and the new book, How to Protect Yourself from Fascists and Weirdos. So, along with his co-author, Amanda King, BJ is currently putting together an online course called Stupid Sexy Privacy, which you'll be able to purchase here at stupidsexyprivacy.com. The course will walk you through every privacy tactic discussed in today's episode in greater detail. If you'd like to know when the course becomes available, you can email BJ at bjmendelson at duck.com. The email address again is bjmendelson at duck.com. And we'll see you next time, right? <laughs>